0: Welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with first-hand experience. On today's episode, Jessica Bishop, the founder of The Budget Savvy Bride, will share with us her top money-saving tips. We'll also discuss the free resources the Budget Savvy Bride offers and her podcast, The Bouquet Toss. Jessica, I'm so excited to have you on the show today and to share all of your amazing tips. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So for those that aren't familiar, which I can't imagine there are people that aren't, tell us about the Budget Savvy Bride and what made you
1: decide to start it? I started the Budget Savvy Bride back in 2008, uh, which is like the good old days of the internet (laughs) at this point. I feel like a blogger OG. Yeah. So 2008, I was newly engaged and like thrown into the wedding planning process. And I was pretty much fresh out of college, was in an entry-level job. And during the time that I was planning my wedding, I actually got laid off of course, in the middle of the recession at the time, not too different from a lot of people's circumstances now. And so I was really like trying to figure out how I was going to plan this wedding because I was engaged, you know, and working towards planning a wedding. And then I got laid off. Like, how am I going to pull off this dream day that I've been dreaming of my entire life and still stick to this budget? And so there was not a lot of resources out there at the time for couples who weren't spending, you know, the quote-unquote average amount on their wedding day. And so I started the Budget Savvy Bride really to keep track of my own ideas and inspiration along the way. And then fast forward, it turned into this really amazing resource. I didn't want it to continue to be just about like my journey, but I wanted to be able to pay it forward and share what I learned with other couples to help them save money and still plan a day that they're super happy with. And you
0: offer so many great resources on the website. I can attest when I was planning mine, like I utilized your website for sure. Oh my gosh, Um, that's so so, awesome to hear. (laughs) Seriously, like so many great tips. I mean, I love how in your real weddings portion, like you give a price tag to what some of these weddings are because, you know, when you're looking at Pinterest and different things, you don't know what the cost really kind of runs. And so seeing these weddings and getting a ballpark figure, what they spent... Things I want to talk about for couples out there listening. Like you have these great free printables for couples. Like tell us about
1: these different resources that you offer? First of all, the Real Wedding section is really like the gold mine of our website, truly. Because if you're working with a small budget, whether it's $5,000, $10,000, $20,000, you can go to our Real Wedding section, visit the slash weddings. And we have this filtering feature, which is new. Like we spent like so much time like rebuilding this feature to make it easier for couples to browse our Real Weddings. So you can go in and you can say, I want to look at weddings that were $10,000 dollars that happened in, you know, California. And you can literally see all the features that we've published from those specific points. And then you can see each of our Real Wedding features. We do a questionnaire with a couple where we ask them, like, what was their biggest splurge or how did they save money on their wedding? So you can really like learn from other couples who've gone before you and see an actual budget breakdown of what they spent. There's so many amazing wedding inspiration resources out there, but not many that are realistic about showing the actual costs of things. And that's what we have really tried to do at the Budget Savvy Bride.
0: It gives you a dose of reality of what couples do spend. Because like you said, like you're looking at magazines and Pinterest and stuff. And there's all these gorgeous ideas for your ceremony and your reception, but you don't know that that price tag is like 50 grand plus.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I think another thing we really try to do is show like, you know, if you do see this like pie in the sky, absolutely gorgeous, stunning, Pinterest worthy wedding inspiration, We love to find ways to like break it down to recreate that on a budget. If you want to DIY something, if you want to work it out yourself, like ways to get the look for less, like that's something that we really love to focus on. And to that point, you mentioned the free printables. We're actually getting ready to relaunch this section of our website too. We're really trying to just like enhance and provide more and more valuable resources to couples to help them get that beautiful look for less. And so very soon we'll be relaunching the printable section and you'll be able to browse different collections of wedding invitations. It's going to be complete wedding suites is what we like to say. And so everything from like the save the date to the invitation, RSVP card, programs, place cards, table numbers, like you name it from start to finish. They're all going to match. Editable in Canva templates completely for free. It's going to be like a game changer. (laughs) That is fantastic. I'm a
0: super organized person and I I really need to be in life. And I feel like all couples, when it comes to planning your wedding, whether you hire a wedding planner or not, you need to keep some kind of organization because there's a lot of details that go into it. And you created the Budget Savvy Bride Wedding Planning
1: Guide and Organizer. That's available on your website, correct? It's sold on Amazon, or you can get it at Barnes & Noble, um, you know, any major bookstore or online. We actually don't sell any any merchandise at all, like directly through the Budget Savvy Bride yet, but maybe that'll uh, be another thing to come in the future. The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. It's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> But it's
0: jam-packed with great advice. And tell us more like what it offers because I know that there's just different layers to it.
1: For sure. So I think the thing that really resonates most with couples, the thing that I get the most feedback about in regards to the book is the first chapter, which is all about like setting the foundations for your wedding planning. It's talking about like not just what do you want your wedding day to look like, but what do you want it to feel like? The who, what, where, when, why, and how of wedding planning and getting really clear with your partner on creating a shared vision for your day that feels authentic to you. Whether that's like choosing the size, like do you want to have a big, huge, like raucous party? Hopefully like someday in the future that'll be possible again. Or or do you want it to feel more intimate and small and really just like your closest loved ones there? Things from like, you know, do you want it to be like an epic dance party? Or do you, would you rather just have like a nice sit down dinner? You know, everybody's preferences and personal styles are so different. And like your wedding day should reflect what matters to you and your partner. And so the first chapter of the book is really about just getting really clear on what that looks like for the two of you so that you can base all of the decisions you make along the way of your wedding planning process on that shared vision. You launched in 2020 your podcast,
0: The Bouquet Toss, And it's so good. I love it. I'm subscribed to it. And I encourage everyone else to check it out as well. Tell us what made you decide to start the podcast and
1: what we can look forward to with it. It was super fun to get into the podcasting space. And I've been a podcast listener for such a long time. So super excited to launch that in December of 2020. And myself and my Real Weddings editor, Sari, host the show. And basically, we have been unpacking different wedding traditions and trends just to... Get into the history of like where some of this stuff came from. A lot of it is a little weird and wacky and like dark and archaic (laughs) and like outdated traditions and you know the whole nine. And so, we really like to get into the history of it so we can help couples decide like if that actually feels authentic to them again to ultimately empower them to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to who they are as a couple.
0: It's so fun because, like, I love history and learning the tradition of things. My husband and I bucked some of the, the trends, which you talk love about it. on the show. Like, we I never wanted the bouquet toss or the garter toss, you know. My husband and I got together in our 30s, early 40s. So, like, I was single a long time and not wanting to be put on display. And... So I didn't want to put that on others, and I love that you talk about that. And the sixpence, the something old, something new, borrow blue. Yeah, the sixpence in the shoe, I actually did do. Oh, did you? Where did you find it? My mom. I wore my the same one my mom did. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. she, She passed it to me to wear. But, you know, that is a forgotten one. And I'm so glad you brought it up because I even forgot that I wore it on my wedding day until you brought it up on the show. So there's all these fun tidbits that y'all need to check out because the tradition really is important.
1: It is. And I think uh, with everything, you know, it's not like we want to discourage anyone from taking part in these things just because they are traditional. It's really just, again, like letting people know the history so they can decide, like, does that mesh with what we actually want to include in our wedding day or not, you know?
0: I love that you shared your personal story when it came to, in particular, with the bouquet toss. You didn't want to do the bouquet toss or the garter toss, but you felt like you had to because the whole, like, this is what goes in a wedding. Like, you had to check all these boxes, and you didn't feel like it was authentically you, but you did it anyways.
1: I totally got caught up in the moment. Like, the whole time, I was like, we're not doing that. That's not even included in our, like, timeline at all. And then somehow like in the heat of the moment, it happened. (laughs) Like I think I had like bridal blackout. I don't know. (laughs) And you're divorced now, correct? I am. Yeah. So I know you're in love. You have a great partner
0: now. I'm sure you guys are going to get married (laughs) (laughs) this time around. Would you buck all these traditions and trends? Like what would you do differently that you've learned from the first time?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, so much, to be honest. I've learned so much over like the last 13 years of being in the industry. But I think any future wedding that I might plan, I think I would probably go for something a bit more intimate. And, you know, I think at the stage I was in my life when I got married the first time, I was, you know, pretty freshly out of college. We were very much like still living in, you know, our kind of hometown and like around a lot of our local family and friends. And so you get into that that mode of feeling obligated to invite, you know, if you invite this person, you have to invite that friend, you know, and it kind of right. balloons out of control. And so then we were left with this challenge of, okay, we only have $10,000. This is what we have decided to spend on our wedding and what we can actually afford without taking on debt, which is another big focus of our um, mission at the Budget Savvy Bride is we don't believe in taking on debt for a wedding. When you have a larger guest list, you're spreading that $10,000 or whatever that budget that you've set across like that many more people. And so I think for me like I would definitely take a totally different approach to to wedding planning at this phase in my life, but you know, I think everybody has to do what's best for them at the point that you know, they, they are in their lives and, and with their partner and what they're planning for. So not to say that there's like any right way or wrong way, but, right. you know, and I think that's, that's the beautiful thing. And the thing that we really try to encourage with the podcast, especially, is just getting really clear with yourself and your partner on like what actually matters to you guys and then figuring out how to make it work and working together. So not feel like you have to check
0: all these boxes that are the stereotypical traditional wedding.
1: Totally. Well, and that goes for everything in life, right? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Amen. (laughs) Let's go into budget-saving
1: tips. What are your top five for our couples listening? Oh, gosh. I will preface. I feel like I've already said this, but not to be a broken record, but I think (laughs) getting really clear on what matters to you and your partner is super, super important before you start because... Honestly, there's ways to save on every single aspect of the wedding, but you want to make sure that you're making sacrifices in the areas that aren't as high of a priority to you because you're going to want to spend more on the areas that are more important. Like if it's a, you know, a live band that you want to splurge on or you want to have like an incredible cake that like just, you know, takes everyone's breath away, whatever the case might be. Like you're gonna splurge on the areas that matter most to you and your partner. But in terms of saving money, number one, I always say like being really ruthless with the guest list is a great way to start because keeping it small and intimate is obviously going to help you save money across the board. Every additional guest you invite to celebrate with you basically adds exponentially to your costs. We're talking like an extra invitation, program, chair, meal, drinks. Plus like, you know, for every eight to 10 guests, you're adding a table, a linen, a centerpiece. You can see how quickly adding additional people to your... Guest list like can add cost, and so in these times that we're in, pandemic times, a lot of couples have been forced to cut things back as a result of that. And so, in some ways, like I think it's a good exercise to think like if we could only have X number of people, like who would make the cut? Who are the VIPs? And really start there. Guest list is a big one. I could like go on and on and on about this, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go too long. <laughs> My next one would be like your choice of wedding date. So... Obviously, there's many ways to be strategic with the choice of your wedding date to save money. It might be less than ideal or a little less convenient for people if you choose, you know, like a weekday, obviously. But even choosing like a Friday or a Sunday versus a Saturday can save you money, especially when it comes to, you know, your venue and certain vendors who are most often booked on, you know, those peak Saturday dates and prime wedding seasons like fall or spring, depending on what area you live on, it could differ. Being smart with your wedding date choice can definitely save you money on all sorts of different aspects of your day. I'm Anne Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave.
0: in your one of your episodes that you mentioned i think you coined this phrase is the bridal rental revolution oh yes and i think that's a great money saving tip you know guys have been renting tuxes forever yes but you know brides and couples can really get on on the rentals in other aspects
1: For sure. Yeah, that was actually like included in my third tip, which is to consider alternatives for traditional like wedding services. And so one thing that's kind of new that you can rent is silk wedding flower arrangements. Have you seen these? I have not. Oh, they're so incredible. So there's this awesome company called Something Borrowed Blooms, and they create these gorgeous like silk Wedding flower arrangements, everything from, like, the boutonnieres to, like, mother's corsages, bridal bouquets, bridesmaids bouquets, centerpieces, garlands. I mean, like, everything you need that's floral, but they're made of, like, high-quality silk flowers, and they ship them to you, and you use them for your wedding, and you ship them back. And it's literally, like, over 70% less than the cost of using fresh flowers arranged by a traditional florist. Wow, that is huge. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm a big fan of that. And there's all sorts of other stuff you can rent for your wedding as well, whether you're a bride and you want to rent a veil instead of paying like tons of money for one or, you know, hair pieces or sashes or, you know, a lot of girls, women are like renting bridesmaids' dresses from Rent the Runway, you know? Yeah, I was just about
0: to say that. Like, I I know a few brides now that have done that, which is great because I know a lot of bridesmaids don't probably want to keep that dress or spend that money Renting it's the best option. Then if they end up loving it, they can just purchase it and keep it.
1: For sure. I'm all about the rental revolution and I've become a bit of a minimalist over the years because I kind of live a little bit of a nomadic lifestyle. (laughs) And so I don't have a lot of room in the suitcases anymore, you know? So being able to rent something and not have to keep it and haul it with me to my next place is very helpful. (laughs) I want to quickly go back
0: to guest list for a second, just because with COVID, quarantine, changing the the whole wedding and bridal scene, are you seeing a trend of couples purposely wanting to keep it small going forward after having been forced to anyways, but, like, this is going to be the trend going forward?
1: You know, I don't know that I'm seeing, like, any specific trend in terms of, like, couples wanting to keep them small, but I think... To be on the safe side right now, a lot of couples are focusing on planning smaller events just because they're more likely to go forward as planned than like something bigger. Along with our website, The Budget Savvy Bride, we also have a really great community that brides can join and be a part of. And I'm seeing a lot of brides, especially talking about feeling nervous about planning like a bigger event, even for, you know, this summer and fall and wondering like, am I, should I just go ahead and postpone again? I don't know what's going to happen in terms of our current like (laughs) global situation that we're in, like thinking small for now is probably for the best. That isn't to say that you can't still have a bigger celebration later. I know a lot of couples do still want that, like, big, you know, fun celebration with, like, all of their people that they love. And so, you know, that could come into play maybe on your when your anniversary or something like that if you wanted to plan like an anniversary party. I think I saw on the knot they were calling this like the mini money and then the happily ever after party or something, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. I love the term mini money. I think that's a great way of putting it.
1: I really like happily ever after party. I'm like that is genius. (laughs) Like I love that. Because it is. It's like you're gonna have that meaningful ceremony where the two of you actually get married. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it really is just about the two of you joining your lives together, right? Like, the wedding right. is technically just a party. And so why not have the meaningful, intimate ceremony with just, like, your your VIPs, your very dearest, closest loved ones, and then have the happily ever after party after a year? Like, I think that's amazing. I think it's great. And another way to save money. So,
0: okay, you and I are both pop culture freaks, especially <laughs> when it comes to all things weddings. <laughs> yes. So uh, my question for you is, what is your all-time favorite celebrity or royal wedding dress?
1: So I've listened to your show a lot, and I hear a lot of people say Mandy Moore, and I was like, I have a better one. Um, (laughs) Or not a better one, but I just, I have a different one, you know? And, And it's funny because I chose this one, because not because I think it's like the most amazing dress I've ever seen, but because I think it speaks to a lot of like the values that are important to me when it comes to wedding planning. And so my choice is Marin Morris. Are you familiar with her wedding dress? Yes. I forgot who designed it, though. So it was like a local Nashville designer. Oh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But of course, because she's a country singer, right? She had a Nashville designer make her dress. Yeah. But if you, if for anybody who's listening who hasn't seen it, she, it's very like 80s inspired. It's like a short dress with like a long detachable train. It's like, it's very 80s. It's very much a look, right? Yeah. So it's not about the look for me. It's more about the fact of, like, why she chose it. And I think she mentioned, like, in an interview I saw that it was inspired by the dress that her own mother wore in her wedding in 1989. Aww. And so she wanted to, like, pay homage, like, to her mom and also just wear something that, like, she felt awesome in. And, like, reflected, like, who she was as a person. And so, to me, like, that's what I feel like weddings should be all about. And so, that's why I just love Marin Morris, too. Like, her, her songs are the best.
0: Yeah, what a fun choice. And, yeah, I never would have thought of that. But her dress is awesome. I did not know about the story about her mom but she's just so young and fun and sassy yes. and a country rock star,
1: really. She was the last concert I got to see before the pandemic. <laughs> so oh, special, wow. special place in my heart. I love her, her music, her style. And she's just like an awesome woman, I think.
0: This isn't to be like a negative in any way, but do you have a celebrity wedding dress that you think is overrated?
1: Oh, I remember when I watched the royal wedding of, like, Kate and William thinking, like, oh, that's kind of, like, boring. (laughs) Honestly, at the time, like, that was my reaction. But when I see the dress now in photos, I'm like, oh, no, it's beautiful. It's classic. It's timeless. It's elegant. I love it, you know? Right. But in the moment, I was like, oh, okay.
0: It's crazy how that dress, like— Don't
1: come for me, people who love the royals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're going to have so many emails. Oh, no. How dare you say that about Kate? (laughs) But, like— it's crazy how, when her dress came out, all of a sudden everyone was running to get lace, long lace sleeves. Yeah, like the impact. And now you're seeing the Mark- Meghan Markle effect, where everyone wants clean, classic lines, slightly off shoulder. Totally,
1: totally. Oh, my second like runner up for my favorite, semi recent, I think, would have been Hilary Duff. Do you remember hers from her recent wedding? I can't picture her recent wedding. I'm picturing her first wedding. The first one, yeah.
0: Yeah, which was great. I think, oh, no, her second one had like the really cool jacket cape type thing with the, with the, the, Yeah. No, her sleeves. Like the pointy shoulders. shoulders, Yes. Yeah. It was super modern and completely unexpected. And like very sleek
1: and like had the long like cape sleeve situation. And she had like the wet slicked hair to go with it. Yeah. She's beautiful. I I loved that too. And I loved that they got married in like their backyard.
0: Yes. Budget savvy. (laughs) You know what? Budget savvy... Look at least comes to mind is Amber Tamblyn from Traveling Pants. Oh, she married David. Um, oh, I, I can't think of his last name. He's um, he plays uh Portia DeRossi's husband on Arrested Development, oh. the actor comedian. Oh. oh, yeah, David Cross. David Cross, yes. <laughs> she wore this stunning deep v neck yellow lace dress. Oh, wow. And it's gorgeous. If you can look at the photos online, she came in from a boat on the lake, like a canoe or rowboat. Wow. And walked barefoot in this gorgeous yellow dress, which she has this auburn brownish hair that just, it just was perfection.
1: Wow. I don't think I've ever seen photos of that. I'm going to have to look it up. That would have been a good one to include in our episode about like, non-traditional wedding color dresses, you know? That's what I was just thinking about, your
0: episode <laughs> on why do we wear the white wedding dress and how there was this whole thing with after Queen Victoria, then it kind of faded off and you had these different colors, you know? Totally. Like I think Meryl Monroe wore um, like a brown or black suit when she married Joe DiMaggio and I forgot who it was, wore a blue wedding. A lot of people in the 50s and 60s wore blue, but... Check out Amber
1: Tamblyn's. It's incredible. I am going to do that. I, I know Amber Tamblyn because she was on General Hospital, which was my mom's favorite soap opera.
0: <laughs> right. I forgot about that. That's great. <laughs> okay. We can go circle. all day Full on circle. these pop culture references. So Don't we'll definitely get me come started, back and talk. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm having you back, and we're going to go down the pop culture wedding dress rabbit hole. <laughs> we have to. Have to. Jessica, what is your final tip for couples planning their wedding and looking to save?
1: Okay, so a big one that tends to bust people's budget is the bar. (laughs) Alcohol, booze, it's expensive. If you can find a venue that will let you purchase your own alcohol to supply for your guests, it's a huge way to save money. You can easily save, you know, 70, 80% depending on the type of booze that you buy. You know, if you end up finding a venue that won't let you supply your own alcohol and wants you to, you know, buy a package like in-house, you can cut back by either offering only beer or wine or maybe a signature drink or even like a big batch cocktail, like a sangria, to be more cost efficient.
0: Ooh, that's a great idea. Sangria, especially for spring, summer wedding. Oh, I guess you can do it all year round. There's different flavors, but yeah, that's I a love, great tip.
1: I love a sangria. Or maybe
0: do like a John Daly. <laughs> What's that? So uh, John Daly, there's, so the, the Arnold Palmer, this is after golfers. The yes. Arnold Palmer is, is half tea, iced tea lemonade. half lemonade. Yeah, yeah. Well, John Daly, who is known as more of the the drinker of the <laughs> golfers, has the Arnold Palmer, but adds vodka. Oh, there you go. So that's another way. <laughs> I'm into it, you know? So how can we learn more about
1: the Budget Savvy Bride and the Bouquet Toss podcast? You can find us at TheBudgetSavvyBride.com. dot com. We're on Instagram at budgetsavvybride. The WKTOS Toss podcast is available anywhere you can listen to a podcast we also, like I said, have a great community. You can find it at the slash community. And it's a great way to interact with other brides, grooms, couples who are currently planning to share resources and get advice and vent if you need to. I know like for so many brides, <laughs> it's like their fr- they feel like they're annoying their friends and their loved ones talking about weddings all the time. And so come to this dedicated space to chat all things weddings whenever you want. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been so fun. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And make sure you check us out on Facebook. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.